0: Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries the local assembly of the kingdom community of believers. As you listen to this message we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit.
1: There's nothing like your presence Lord All I want is to be with you There's nothing like
0: your presence Lord all I want is to be with you there's nothing like your presence Lord all I want is to be with you there's nothing like your presence Lord all I want is to be with you there's nothing like your presence Lord
1: all I want want Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, that you have your way in this service this
0: morning.
1: We pray in the name of Jesus, wherever your saints are gathered to worship, father may we experience your presence may we experience your power may we experience your wisdom may we experience your love and most importantly oh lord touch our lives this morning touch our hearts this morning transform our families this morning in the name of jesus your hands together and celebrate the Lord. Amen. Amen. Before you take your seats, I want us to celebrate our father, Apostle Kingsley. J. God sing. Yes, Lord. Put your hands together. Celebrate him wherever he is yes Lord yes Lord in the name of Jesus amen I want us to celebrate the men of God on this ministry the men and women of God Reverend Selassie, Reverend Chris, Reverend Anna, Reverend Beryl Reverend Sami, Reverend Keith Reverend Alan Reverend Robin Reverend Gabi and all the pastors all the lady pastors of this ministry, put your hands together and celebrate them. Even the church workers and the other ministers. Reverend Andrew, Reverend Roland, Reverend Delali. We celebrate you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now put your hands together and celebrate our mothers in the house. We celebrate you. We love you on this special occasion of Mother's Day. Oh, put your hands together and celebrate them. If there's a mother around you, turn to them and put your hands together for them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then turn to your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, I celebrate you also. I celebrate you, my neighbor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats in glorious places, Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, today I'm going to jump straight to the point. So, before I give my, I want to give my preamble before I read the scripture. So that you know where I'm coming from. Now we are in the month of modifying the deeds of the flesh. And then producing the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, apostle took us through this last Friday. Hallelujah. So that's where we are continuing from. By the special grace of God, we looked at this subject also at the Renew Your Mind service. Now I'm not going to bore you with a reminder. Just go on to our pod being when it's uploaded kcfministries.podbean.com and then you'll be able to access it. Hallelujah. Nonetheless, at the end of the last teaching on Renew Your Mind, I mentioned something about temperance and that without care, we can enter into error, even concerning the doctrines of the Bible. Hallelujah. Over the week, I, Reverend Kate and I had a conversation about knowledge. So my heart is beating that I'm going to talk about that in a negative sense. So forgive me, man of God, in advance. Amen. Amen. So, what I want us to do right now, that's my preamble. So I'm going to read the scripture. First, First Corinthians chapter 9. We are going to read the verse number 11 to the verse number 15. If someone can read for me quickly. First Corinthians chapter 9. All the things before that, well, we'll look at it at a later time. But well, let's read from the verse number 11 to the verse number 15.
0: If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it will be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void.
1: Go to the verse number 11. Let's read something again.
0: If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? Verse
1: 12. If
0: others are partaking of this right over you, are we not even more? Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, we have not used this right.
1: the Bible is yours, underline this phrase. Nevertheless, we have not used this right. Let's jump to the verse number 15. Verse number 15 says that, but I have used none of these, nor have I written that these things should be done even for me. Now, Paul was talking to the people of Corinth. Believe you know who the people of Corinth are. They are one of the most spiritual church that Paul ever encountered. Now, I'm not going to talk about everything that happened in the verse number 9, but then Paul was saying that you are comparing and questioning my apostleship because some quote-unquote, super apostles have come into your midst. Now, these super apostles are making a demand on you. They come to you and talk to you anyhow. They coerce you, they lie to you, and you are able to honor them as super apostles. Now, I am the apostle that birthed you. Nonetheless, the Bible says, anyone that works on the altar must eat from the altar. So, if I bless you spiritually, and you gain something materially, I have the right. Write it down in your Bible. I have the right to demand from you your material blessing. I have the right to partake of the benefits of my spiritual seed. But Paul says, nonetheless, I have never made use of this right. Then he says, some other people who are not even the fathers of this church, says that they are demanding. Then he says, what about me? Then Paul writes in the verse number 15, I have never used this, never written once, that these things, quote unquote, Anna, sponsoring the ministry, sponsoring the life of the man of God, sponsoring the family of the man of God, I have never written once, that it should be done for me. Then he ended by saying, because I would rather die, than someone should make void, Mind boosting. What was Paul's boosting? Paul's boosting was the fact that he was a man of God who could preach and sponsor his ministry and he was financially independent of the church because of the kind of mind his congregation had. Because of the kind of heart his congregation had. So he says, I, I, it, I'd rather die and die boasting that I never made the demand sponsor my ministry. I never made the demand that, oh, my tent is torn. Give me needle and thread to sew it. I never made the demand. I would rather die than anyone cancel my boosting. And This is where I start. Many of the Christians, leaders in the church of God are disappointing God when it comes to the area of demanding their rights. Many people are disappointing God when it comes to the area when they are right not just demand the they are right but they are right and someone is wrong if you want an example see when you were offended and how you dealt with the offending see when you were right and then someone crossed you on the road see when you were right you were not in error you were on your lane and someone made a mistake and said this one is your fault and you demanded for your rights. How do you do it? Paul says, I never demanded. I never demanded your relationship when you have been offended with the offendee, it shows you that you don't have this mind. Paul says that I never made this request, and many of us we are wrong when we are rather in the right. We give. Some kind of counsel, wisdom, knowledge, and then it is despised. And then someone enters into an error. And he says, I told you so. Next time, joke with my anointing. Are you with me in the church? Okay, let's, let's move from there. Someone say violence. Forgive me. We are always in the wrong when we are right, especially when someone has accused us. Introduce that wrongly. Not, do you know who I am? How many people have used that way before? I remember we went to Valerie and Patrick's wedding last week, right? And the MC or the protocol guy for the day constantly kept mentioning Zion Impact Ministry wrongly. And Apostle took the mic and I was just watching. And Apostle never corrected him. Until he came to, he told him that, okay, this is the name of our church. And he came to correct, assuming it was you. So, all protocols observed. Let me set the record straight. I'm the apostle, leading founder, whatever, senior archbishop of Zion. Impact, not praise. Impact, not praise. Impact, not praise. Write it in your notebook ministries. That is how we would have introduced ourselves. We are always wrong, especially when we are right. And Paul says that I am right, but then treat me as if I'm wrong and I'd rather die being being, being wrong. He had given this example before when he accused, I believe, the Corinthian church again, that how come is it that there is a quarrel between people in the church, and you go for an unbelieving judge to settle it, says that why wouldn't you rather be a fool? Why wouldn't you? But no. No. The 21st century believer, you know, we know our rights. The 21st century married woman knows her rights. I mean, after all, said marriage is a partnership. Should I go in there? Let me, let me move from there. Let me move from there. The 21st century minister, student, knows this right. That I've gone to school for years. I have something that proves that I have a knowledge. So when you despise me at the workplace, I'll just be sitting down. Okay, you, let's, watch. let's watch. Let's watch. Let's watch. Let's watch. Bah, your boss will crash. Yeah, Ooh, they I see that, oh, Abidi said that to me. I just have a first degree. Let's see those who have the pastors. Let them solve it. Has that come into your mind and in your mouth before? Oh, I'm. Am I only talking about myself? It I, I seems like I'm only talking about myself. Or oh, it's just me? Okay, then Father, forgive me. Let, let me just stand to the to the wall and preach to myself, because I mean I mean all the, everyone here is powerful. Uh, someone says I know. What is your reaction when a policeman stops you wrongly? Yeah. Man of God, we were talking about some video, be the last time. And then he says that this is the video. He said, You cross the red light, says no. Then he says, Pull the video. And then you cross it. I mean, he didn't cross it. I yeah, said, That policeman, what is your name? What is your badge? Yeah. What is your name? What is your ID number? Because now, no, I know my right. I don't know if I've seen people at the police station say, I know my right before. Do you know that that, that really offends the police, guys? But anyways, let's not go there. They are are a special case. So let's continue. I know my rights. Someone bumps into your car and they say that I had the right of way. Many Christians are in the wrong when they are right. Many people are in the wrong when they are right. I'm going to jump into my other section. And I'm praying for grace as as I'm sharing this. Now, let's talk about knowledge. Many Christians are in the wrong when they know too much or when they know something you don't know. Now, let me start. Someone say violence. Someone say violence. Don't, don't Don't say violence. Say violence. Now, I know according to the book of Hosea, that for lack of what knowledge, my people will perish. I know, according to the encounter, this one I've preached myself, concerning discernment, that misinformation can also lead to error. But many people have not learned that too much knowledge without the limit of love leads to error. Many Christians, they have never learned that knowledge without the constraint of love also leads to the same error. Let's go in there. Now, the Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. Now, when you have knowledge, what do we say? Knowledge is what? Knowledge is what? There's a philosopher that says that power corrupts. And what? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Now I'm coming. Don't see I've started blaspheming. I beg you, I'm not blaspheming. So when God says that for lack of knowledge my people perish, and we are on pursuit to know God, it's nothing like your presence, Lord. All I want, Lord, I want to know you, Lord. Kill me, Lord, let me encounter you. May you increase that I might decrease. I want to know God, intimacy, fellowship. That's what we've been preaching in the shed. The pursuit for knowledge. I'm not blaspheming, can corrupt. Absolute knowledge, even in your encounter with God, can corrupt absolutely. Should I continue? Second Timothy chapter 1, the verse number 7. The Bible says, For God has not given us the spirit of war, but off, but off, but off. What's the next thing after that? Love. Now, Bible made me understand. God made me understand the last time. When we are dealing with the spirit of fear, we usually combine these three things. Power, love, and sound mind. Correct? Are you with me? I'm just reading the Bible. When you are dealing with the spirit of fear, you need what? Three graces from God. The first one is what? Power. To oppose the fear. But the second thing that you need and the third thing that you need is a barrier and a cage. On that power. Other than that, your power will do worse than fear. Should I continue? Give me the NIV version of this. Any version or NLT that says, that, that replaces the word sound mind. Yes, this is fine. For God has not given us the power of, has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and what? Self-control. If you are dealing with fear, what's the need for control? But God understands that power, what? Corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So anytime God gives you a measure of power, he also adds a measure of constraint, which is love and then self-discipline. This is self-discipline. Other version says what? Self-control. Many of the people that disappoint God, they didn't go into the school of love and of self-discipline. They were just praying 18 hours a day. They were fasting Ten thousand days in a year, and we're saying, "Give me power, Lord, anoint us, revival, 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 crusade, 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 encounter, encounter, encounter." And when God comes there, said, "Collect, collect this, collect this." He says, what, "What am I doing, love? I want, I want to, I want to burn, burn, which is cast out demons, and you're saying self-control? No, unleash me. Let them taste power." God says, whenever you are dealing with the spirit of what fear, three things are involved. Without love and self-control, that same power, even, and I'm not blaspheming, from God can corrupt you. Should we continue? Should we continue? That means that without love and the measure of self-control, the efforts that God gives to us, the investment that God gives to us in terms of power, in terms of grace, they become useless. Now, someone will say, Okay, so then why would God move? Why would God wait? Apostle answered that last Friday. In case you are not taking notes, I'm just repeating God loves his people. God loves his people. So the Bible says, When God told Moses, Speak to the rock. At that point in time, he had taught him power already. Strike, strike, strike. Now he had entered into the school of self-control. When God had not accused them, God had not blasted them. They said to Moses, have you brought us to die? Moses says that you children of rebellion. Meanwhile, God was looking at them and said, ah, my precious children. My precious children. Moses called them rebellious. The Bible says that Moses teared the chain. Of self-control. Then he did. it. Then the water started. Then he says, now drink and die. A display of power. Without the barrier of limitation. God says, you have disgraced me. And Moses says, Lord. But I just struck it. Lord, it was just one time. And he says that. If you look at the words of God. He says that you have misrepresented me. Before the people. This thing that I'm talking about is not for everyone. Because I know that some of us, we are not representing God at all. So, we can't enter into the error of misrepresenting God. So, I just want you to know. So, at this point in time, if you are not writing notes, I understand. I understand. Some of us are not representing God at all. So, you don't worry. Don't worry. I'm talking about those who are representing God and have the error, potential error of misrepresenting. For you, if you have not started, start praying, Father, may I know you, I give my life to you, forgive me, I was born out of sin from my mother's womb, you know, the imaginations of my heart and the words of... Start praying now. Don't worry about me, because you can't be falling into that error. Are you with me? Should we continue? Should we continue? So, when those who are at the top Representing God, remove the barrier. I'm using the word barrier and limit again because I know that okay, yes, even for fire camp, we are seeing breaking destiny limitation. I know. So you see that one man of God, why are you talking about barrier and limitation? I know. So you want to go to fire camp and break it, but I'm saying that this one, ask God to bind you. See, Father, bind me with the chain of love me with the chain of self-discipline; otherwise, you disgrace God. Sir, even and especially when you are right. When you are wrong, oh, just like I am, without one plea, oh, you, you are like a lamb because you are wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? When you know that you're on the phone and the policeman caught you, you start by begging. You say, "Oh, officer, I buy, I buy." because you want to already start begging and then they say you're on the phone and meanwhile your hand was on the gear they are, with it. They are checking with people in the back for photo evidence because you know that you are in the right and that is where many of us fall into error because we are right and God looks at us at He says ah, you are right but you are wrong you are right you are right you are right I know you are right but you are wrong we continue. So I'm talking about power that corrupts. And I link power to knowledge. I link it to a number of things. But let's just focus on knowledge a bit. And this is why I ask for forgiveness. First Corinthians chapter 8. The verse number 1. Let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, Now, let me address the issue. Give me the New King James. Now, concerning things offered to idols. If the Bible is yours, underline it. We know that we all have what knowledge. Paul was speaking to the very spiritual church concerning things, idols. The things like cocoa and things that they spread. Concerning food, giving to idols. Says that, I don't even need to address this because I know you all have knowledge because the Corinthian church was a very spiritual church. I'm not going to go into the detail of that argument now. But then he ended by saying that knowledge you have Puffs up. That's knowledge you have. That's what pops up. But then love what edifies. So you can have an encounter with the angels of God and you gain knowledge. God can come and sit on your bed. Jesus himself would come and sit on your bed. You would have an encounter with angel Gabriel. Angel Michael, angel whoever you believe in, I heard that there are some powerful angels But you, let's move on from there, and they will come and write to you, dealing with the idols and idol food in my family, and you conclude that in my bloodline, okay, we don't eat palm nor soup. And then for God to show you that what you receive was actually divine principle, you go to your family house and you can deliver everyone from there. But then the Bible says that that knowledge from that encounter without the restraint pops you up. By the time you realize you are floating in the realm of pride with no ability to discern that you have already fallen off. Are you with me? Should we continue? So the Bible says, Knowledge what puffs up, but love edifies. So someone is asking me, So am I saying that we shouldn't seek knowledge? Am I saying we shouldn't seek spiritual encounter? No. I want to categorically say that on record. No, I'm not saying that. Nonetheless, I'm saying that you may have known all your life that you must kill ignorance in your life. You have known all your life that you must kill misinformation in your life, but I'm saying that you never knew, probably you knew, Today I'm just re-emphasizing it if you already knew, that you must also kill what? Extreme knowledge. And I'm saying extreme because it can be God's knowledge but without the barrier and the limit of love and self-control, it would kill you. So, the Bible says, in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, the verse number 7 to the verse number 10. You know this particular verse. So, let's not believe at the point. The Bible says, lest I be exalted above measure by the what? Abundance of revelation. A thorn In the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Thus I exalt myself above knowledge. The reason for the thorn in Paul's flesh, the messenger of Satan, was because the encounters Paul had had. It was impossible for him to self-control pride. So God gave him a partner in ministry. Called the messenger of Satan. And says, see Paul, where you've gotten into the things you've had in the heavenlies, I doubt you can control pride. So let Satan do the job for me. If it was you, you'd go and pray three times, like Paul did. And God will tell you that, don't worry about it, my grace is sufficient. And you go back the fourth time. He says, I cast you out. I cast you out. As the east is far from the west, Let my life and the messenger of Satan be far from each other. I break. I destroy. I declare. Every spirit from my mother's house, for my father's house, that has given the enemy an opportunity to hook himself to my hip. I declare, let it break. Let it break. Let it break. You go a fourth time, and God will give you the same answer. And you go the fifth time. And you go the sixth time. And you go the seventh time. Because you are very, very spiritual. Very very spiritual. Should I continue? Should I continue? So, the reason, so I don't know. Let me say this carefully. Is there a messenger of Satan in your life? Let me not continue. Let me not let me not continue. Now, when you realize what Paul is saying here. You realize that anytime a container, right, has enough pressure, there is a potential for it to explode. So it means that when God gave him the messenger of Satan, it was an overflow valve that says that anytime you reach the limit, that is going to cause self-destruction. Despite my encounter with you, let the messenger of Satan overflow pride from you. Because anytime God gives you knowledge... Write this in your Bible, I'll explain. Anytime God gives you knowledge, he has inherently given you pride. Write that first statement. Anytime God, you acquire knowledge. See, let me tell you, the pride level between someone who has a PhD degree is different from the person who has a master's degree. The pride level of someone who has a master's degree is different from the pride level from someone who has just a bachelor's. The pride level of someone who has a bachelor's is different from the pride level of an SHS leaver. And the pride level of an SHS liver is different from the pride of a GHS liver. Primary, let's forget them. That's not what I'm saying. Have you been to the doctor before and then you told them that, "Mm, doctor, I know I said this and this, but I don't think you're that. They'll tell you to shut up. They'll tell you to shut up. Right now, they realize that "Mm, there's AI, chat GTP. There's Google. So right now, they are very, very cautious because they know that before you walked into their office, you have checked your diagnosis. And usually every diagnosis you put into Google, it will end with cancer and death. I don't know why we still go there. Google, what's the illness if I have red eye? Eye cancer, death. Google, what's the symptom when I have runny nose? Nose cancer, death. Google, what happens when my leg twitches? Knee cancer, death. Everything you put into Google. We end with cancer and death. Should I continue? Every time God gives you knowledge, any time you acquire knowledge, any time you say, "Let me educate myself," and you're on a journey to gather information, knowledge, you have inherently, inherently taken upon yourself pride. That's the first one. I'll explain later. Point 2 or whatever the number is. Anytime you ask God for a move and a revival and say, Father, pour your spirit on me. Fire. Let me burn like the you know, burning ones. What are the powerful spiritual songs you sing? Anytime you ask God for a revival and an outpour of the spirit, what I'm saying, write it carefully and I'm saying it carefully. You have inherently heightened the flesh. Listen to me. Anytime there is an outpour of the spirit, you have without self, without knowledge, without no effort of yours, you have what heightened the flesh. Should we continue? Should we continue? Me, Genesis chapter 3? verse one. The first example we looked at is the messenger of Satan in the life of Paul. The two statements I said, when you get knowledge, you get what? Pride. When you get the move of God, the spirit, I'm not talking about any spiritual. I said when you get the spirit of God, you have gotten heightened flesh. Genesis chapter 3 the verse number one. The Bible says that when the serpent came into the garden and there was the temptation of the first man and his wife, the Bible says that what they took and ate was what? A fruit from the tree of what? Are you with me? It was not a fruit from the tree of ignorance. It was a fruit from the tree of knowledge. As soon as they took that knowledge, they fell. And you know that every fall is preceded by pride. When they took that fruit, they entered and they ate pride. For, the Bible says is preceded by what pride when they took that fruit and ate it, they received knowledge. But inside of knowledge, my brother, my sister, I said it's pride in their ignorance. The Bible says that God came in the cool of the day in their ignorance and they fellowship with God when they ate the fruit and they had knowledge. God came and they ran away. They said they didn't need God anymore. What have you encountered? Is he an angel? Is he a scripture? Is he a revelation? Has God spoken to you in dreams and vision? And now he said, I don't need a church again. Oh, Ryan, I don't need my pastor again because you have gotten knowledge. You entered into the 65th dimensions of the heavens. And then Angel Michael saw you and Angel Michael says that, ah, you are two realms above me. And then you came. <laughs> then you said, you said, okay, I'm going to lead prayer meeting. I'm going to do a crusade. You entered knowledge. What you didn't know is that when you descended from that encounter, there was an overdose of what? Pride. As soon as you eat the, t- the fruit from the tree of knowledge, as soon as you bite knowledge, your eyes would open. When your eyes open, the eyes of pride in your heart also opens. And you see people who are extremely saved, very audacious, very spiritual, the quiet ones—they ah, are the ones you should be afraid of, because they'll tell you that to me I don't talk plenty. But you know that when I talk, oh, I'm like I have to film, like I've charted your path for you. If you like follow, if you like don't follow, and you know that if you follow her, you will hit your mark. But the one I'm telling you is that because of the abundance of knowledge, they have pride. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to myself. When you look at the third example, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, when Paul was talking about the food concerning idols. Now, if you look at his argument, one of the things that he said in the verse 3 or so, he says that idols are nothing. Oh, how many, people, how many people know that? He started by saying that, I know we all have knowledge. So if you don't know that idols are nothing... Maybe you have to go back to the Corinthian church. But he says, idols are nothing. What he's saying is that because we know how little the power of the enemy is, I should be able to walk into a Hormon Festival. The chief priest, what was the name? Would say, oh, oh, bye. They say, come and sit down and eat something. Yeah, they are doing crusade in the Osu region, but there was one and the, Ulamo, the chief priest will say, oh, have you come? Says, yes, I'm tired. I've been doing evangelism in this whole Osu area. Because of the, I've to plenty of people. They says, okay, you've done a good job. Come and sit down and eat something. And they will put an asanka before you. Shall I continue? Palm nut soup. it means to Then there's fish. Throw it to it, throw it to it. I <laughs> me. fish. The woman says that, oh, you've done a good job. I mean, I, I like the fact that you are evangelizing. Come and sit down and let's eat. What would you do? What would you do? You what? <laughs> what would you do? you be looking for communion. <laughs> You'll be looking for communion. Paul says that because they are nothing, we should be able to sit down and eat with them because they have no power. The reason why you are not able to do that, he says that then it's, if there's a brother who has a weaker conscience, that means that the brother has not been able to enter into the knowledge that God is above all power. That means that compared to you and that brother, you are more knowledgeable. That brother is ignorant. He says that because of that ignorant brother, you decide not to eat. But then, no. If it was you, if it was me, you now do. See, let me change. I I, the problem is this thing, I don't like it. Then you pray, pour communion, and then change to granola soup. So that the woolomer will see that you too, you carry something. I, I don't know if I'm talking to you. Or is it, it's only me that, that, that imagines that. that. I want them to know that altar pass altar. Then when you sit down, you, you, you tell your ashes, ashes, surround the ulomo I'm, I'm coming to put my hand inside. When I take one and put it in my mouth, I, I chew it. I suck all the demons from his life. Ashes ashes, are you ashes or your carpenters? Be careful. Because in your eating, you are coming to do eating direction. You are coming to do eating deliverance. So you take the tulobifi and pull it like this and the Ulamo will fall. <laughs> oh, ashes help him. Oshes, help him. Oshes, help him up. Oshes, help him out. This is yet two out of 10,000. This one, it is legend, Ankaza. <laughs> this, this is just two. Oshes. Yeah, help him. Now be on this side. Be on this side. Ah, the women, the old men at the back. Oshes, go there, go there, go there, go there, go there. As I take this muscle of popoe and Grandma soup, I can see the move. Feel the spirit of God descending. He is riding on a white horse. Are you with me? That's what you would have done. So that you show to your ignorant brother that see my brother. You have not read the Bible. You you have not prayed. I doubt your Christianity. In fact, I don't think you are saved. You, after all of this, uh, see me on Sunday after church. Let me lead you to Christ again. Paul says that because of the knowledge you have, for the sake of an ignorant brother, it's not, it's not a matter of showing power. I, I, are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? Should I continue? I've talked about knowledge and pride. I've given you examples, right? Yeah. And I said the second thing. Anytime God blesses you with the spirit, he has heightened your flesh. Hey, hey. Oh God, you are blaspheming. See mercy. Anytime God anoints you, he wants to anoint you, but he doesn't know that he has given power to your flesh. Oh no, God, yeah, he knows, but you don't know. Shall I continue? There is a story in the book of Pharaoh, Samuel. Let's forget the chapter 5. Let's focus on the chapter 6. In the chapter 6, in the chapter 5, Eli's sons, they took the ark of the covenant and went to battle because they had known before that any time Israel fought when God showed up he had the victory this time round they didn't know that when God showed up like in the case of Joshua he says that I'm not for you and I'm not for your enemy I'm for the one that is aligned in that battle unknown to the sons of Eli Philistine was aligned to the will of God each man of God you are blaspheming say mercy the message. Should I continue? Give me first Samuel chapter 6. Someone read for me.
0: Now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the, Phil- and the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it to its places. So they said, If you send away of the God of Israel, do not send it empty.
1: Jump to the verse number 10.
0: Then the men did so.
1: So you understand? They said, Don't send the ark empty because the ark of the covenant was now in the camp of Philistine. God was smoothing them despite the fact that in that battle they were aligned. And God was striking them. So they said, don't do this. Then they said, then the men did so. They, they called the fetish priests of the Philistine gods. And they asked them about the Israelite God. And they were so spiritual in the other side that they've seen power. And they've seen how God deals. So they knew exactly what to do for the Israelite God to lift his hand of affliction. From the people of Philistine. They were not serving God. But yet they knew the protocol of dealing with the Israel God. So the Bible says that, so the men did so. And they did what? They took two milk cows and hitched them to a cart. And shut up their calves at home. Continue. Let's go to the verse number 11. To the verse number 19.
0: And they set the ark of the Lord on the cart, and the chest with the gold rats, and the images of their tumors. Then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh. 12,
1: 12, 12, 12 to 19.
0: Then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh, and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and did not turn aside to the right hand or the left. And the Lord of the Philistines went after them to the border of Bethshemesh. Down to thirteen. Now the Lord of Bethshemesh. Now the people. The people of Bethshemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And they lifted their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it.
1: Down to fifteen. Okay, you you 14, fourteen.
0: Then the cast came into the field of Joshua. Of Bethshemesh and stood there. A large stone was there, so they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, in which were the articles of gold, and put them in the la- on the large stone. Then the men of Bethshemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So when the five seventeen. These are the golden 18. and the golden rats, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords. Nineteen.
1: Yes, nineteen.
0: Then he struck the men of Bethshibesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck fifty thousand and seventy men of the people. And the people lamented because the Lord has struck the people with a great slaughter.
1: Now, I heard one of the Lord preach this. I'm summarizing it. When God anoints you with his oil and with his presence, unknown to you, he has heightened your flesh. The Bible says that the people of God were without the presence of God for seven months. They did not pray. They did not cry out. I'm sure maybe in their heart they were praying, revive us Lord. Anoint us Lord. And God answered their prayer. They looked on the hill and they saw the ark of the covenant coming. It wasn't any man leading a crusade. God just invaded their land. You are in a service, you are just worshipping, you are just praying. You've not asked. There's no one in charge. And then God comes with his very self. And he begins to touch people. There is a revival that has broken forth. Yet that revival, when it came, it came on two male cows. Listen to me. When the people saw the revival, just like we do, we started celebrating. God has answered us, God has delivered us. God has anointed me. You went to pray and intercede for apostle before you realized God was telling you about several graces and anointing that He has unlocked on your own life. That was not your focus. The people were just farming and God invaded them. So there was excitement. Ah! I know this God. This God is powerful. The Bible says that after their excitement, then they called the Levites, they called mature. If the Bible is yours, underline the Levites. If you are writing notes, there was a difference between how mature spiritual people engage with the move of God, Come to the immature people. Mature spiritual people, when they saw the glory of God coming, they took the ark of God and they put it down. And immediately, they killed the flesh that carried the glory. Immediately, they killed the flesh that carried the anointing. Immediately, they killed the animal, the flesh, the body that carried the grace. The immature people, Someone like me and you. There is a move of God. And we are seeing people, you know, several miracles. The immature people will take the ark and they'll say, Hey, God has come. Let me see what is in the ark. And God was watching till 50,000 men and 70 passed by and dishonored this ark. And he kept quiet. Because as soon as there is a glory, an anointing, a grace, Your flesh is heightened to become familiar with God. Anytime God pours oil on you, look at where the flesh has been heightened and kill it. I know of the story of one man. The first time he he deflowered the lady was one of the most powerful prayer meetings that he had. After finishing the prayer meeting, the rain started and everybody started going. He left with one lady. He said, oh, I'm 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 the prayer head. You don't worry. You can go home tomorrow morning. So don't worry, I'll just give you my bed. The story is that they were fully asleep, like no ill intention. They were fully asleep until his toe touched the lady's toe. By the time they realized all the anointing, the prayer, whatever, ended in ministrations. <laughs> should I continue? Oh, should I continue? Should I continue? If you you close your eyes and remember when you felt greatest, what happened before then? I promise you might have been after Friday all night. Might have been what A Friday? The day, if you like, close your eyes and remember the day you insulted the or diver proper. I mean, even insulting but proper. It was when you had snatch on your radio. That was when, when the anointing is strongest. That is when you have the greatest fall, because every flow of the anointing of God, it will touch your spirit, but the power of God will also heighten your soul and your flesh, and it is your job to kill the soul and the flesh. God do not do that for you. God do not do that for you. Oh, should I continue? Should I give an example? Yeah the day you had a fight with your whether your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, it was the day that you had finished having morning devotion. And God lifted up a song that you you have not sung before. And then before she realized that, oh, have you gone to pack the things from the, whatever, drying line? And the song just vanished. In your highly spiritual state. And things came out of you. Oh, should I continue? Should I continue? Oh, you understand already? You understand? Yeah. The day that you came to church, no, forget church, the day that you went to work, Monday morning, and then people were annoying you with their greetings, it was one of the Monday mornings, you were tired from Sunday, but you woke up exactly at 3.59, before your alarm rang at 4. And you spent two hours praying. So when you were going to work, there was a song in your heart. Yet you are hearing your more. You open the door. And someone said, I've read done this report. Then he said, That's, get thee behind me. Then you frown and turn to the other side. But then you realize, then your boss comes, get thee behind me. Because you had spent two hours praying to God. Ah, when you were on the road, you saw, ah, there was a demon passing. Then you rebuked it. And then they car nearly knock someone, but God delivered them because of your prayer. And then you went to work. And he says, good morning. Then he said, ah, you missed the staff party. They say, what's the staff party? you are in the spirits. That Monday morning. That Monday morning. you saying, sh-sh-sh. Should I continue? One of the times, close your eyes and remember, that you disrespected your brother and your sister was when you came back from prayer and your voice was lost. And you're trying to tell them that, see, you know, you know, should I continue? Your voice was lost because you had prayed, you had cried, and you saw a tree set on fire. You thought it was a dream, it was a vision, but when you opened your eyes, it was true. You had had an encounter with the burning bush, but it was not devout. Your voice was lost. Last time I was saying that that is why many of us, when we are praying, we put on the fan, we put off the fan. Oh, AC, dear, forget it, because after prayer two hours, I must come out sweating. If the AC will stop the anointing. Oh, have you not? Is it just me? God, is it just me? Is it just me? You go for prayer meeting, and then you realize that people are sleeping, and then you you prayed. Ha! Huh. After the prayer, let the usher come and tell you to carry chair. You ask the daughter, "When I was praying, you where were you? Where were you?" The most, the times we fall the most, is when we are right. God blesses us spiritually. But we don't know that every glory, every anointing, every power, every grace from God is on two milk cats and cows. And when you take the ark, be mature and know that you must kill the cow. But oh, you decide to add it to your farm animals. Then you realize that oh, If God has been able to anoint me, then God should do the work. God knows that I have anger issues. Then when he told me that I'm going to be gathering, you know, he should have dealt with it. But God said, no. My anointing was for your spirit. My anointing is too powerful that when it comes into your spirit, it would affect and heighten your soul and heighten your flesh. So deal with it. Deal with it. Let me ask you. One of the days and the nights that you binge watch Netflix, was it not after prayer? It's just me, it's just me. Oh, what a god! Should I continue? Should I continue the day you binge watch like Netflix? Right, was it not wasn't it like you mean you've checked your boxes? I read my Bible, two chapters, I prayed one hour. You know, I, I came for evangelism that day, and the people they said I will close up for me. I don't understand, I did 30 minutes extra. So I came home, you know, so let me just chill, you know, and then I ordered some rice and some, you know, and I said, okay, let me just de-stress, and then put on the series and you cross your leg. By the time you realize you have watched eight hours of Netflix, meanwhile you did evangelism one hour, thirty minutes, Should I continue, or it's just me? It's okay, I think it's just me, it's just me, it's just me. Let give you an example again, Jesus. The Bible says, Luke chapter 4, and Jesus was baptized, and the spirit of God filled him up like a dough. As soon as that spirit came, Jesus knew that, oh, flesh has been heightened. He went into the wilderness. And the Bible says that he was tested with the animals. If it was you, if it was me, you had the public declaration, the angel and the oil of God fell upon you as soon as you are baptized. Fool, of the spirit of God. You'll be calling a graphic designer. Please do a poster for me. Do a poster for me. The background of the poster. You know, put my picture. But the background eh, I want fire. I, I want fire. And then at the bottom. Give the date. But then right at the bottom. Hashtag. No happening. happen. Jesus Jesus was anointed. He was anointed. As soon as he received oil, he went into the wilderness. Many of us skip the wilderness and we enter into Galilee and Nazareth because we have received oil. But Jesus knows that when he received oil, his flesh has been heightened. So in the wilderness, what did he deal with? He first dealt with the bodily desires, food, pride, and showmanship and your ability to become familiar with God, so you test him. But all of us, oh, me included, as soon as we receive, and then you come to church, and the powerful man of God, one of our fathers comes, and he says, ah, man of God, I see you entering the new realm. And he says, Oshes, bring me five bottles of oil. No, add two, I see perfection. And they pour all seven on you, right after. He said, apostle, you know, you know, next Friday, can I take kingdom impact prayers? <laughs> You know, Apostle, lead, Apostle, you know, after you, after you lead, eh, Apostle, I beg you, eh, I, I beg you, you give me the mic, let me share something. Eh, man of God, you remember, in Ashesi, there was a man of God, I'm seeing a man of God. We prayed, whatever, 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 whatever. Reverend Keith was leading, at the time he was, yes, brother Keith. KCF president, he has come to lead Thursday prayer meeting. And that brother came to me. He says that oh, you see, when he was praying, God showed me this and this. You know, after the prayer meeting, give me thirty minutes. Let me lead also. What God, what God showed me. That was the first time, and I said, ah, seriously, okay, tell me what God told you. Said that oh, you might not understand. You know? I said okay, you don't worry, don't worry. Then, Apostle came Friday that time we we having monthly Friday all night. Apostle finished praying, leading people. Doing all that he has to do, deliverance and things. They said, Man of God. No, when when Apostle was leading, God put this burden in my heart. Can you organize the pulpit for me after after Apostle? eh? Let me. Let me, let me. In that meeting that I'm talking about, that meeting, right? After Apostle, forget about the first man of God. In that meeting, Apostle asked, How many people here have never heard from God? Their eyes have never been opened. Oh, and we saw people who were screaming on the floor. They were shaking like they had been electrocuted. This one, I'm not exaggerating. Like they were shaking, all force. Like they were shaking. Thursday, prayer meeting, one of them, that apostle prayed, says, organize pulpits for me. Like this one, like, what I'm saying, zero percent joking. what I'm saying. Reverend Keith Reverend Keith was serious there. Uh, at the time I was in um, prayer, or whatever he was, the, so he was the one leading that. That Thursday after you prayed, God anointed you. Your eyes have been opened. You let's give you the benefits of the doubt. That all Thursday your eyes was open. All Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, your eyes have been open for four days straight. Thursday you want to lead prayer meeting. Thursday you want to lead prayer meeting. I can tell you all of these people that I've mentioned, after they finish school, it's a story for another day. Because as soon as you receive an anointing, ah, say, Father, mercy, Lord. Say, Father, mercy, Lord. (laughs) Father, anoint me and give me grace to kill the heightened flesh after the anointing. Should I continue? Should I continue? That's Jesus. Jesus says he didn't go and look for a poster. Luke chapter 18. Give me the verse number 10 and the verse number 4. Now, I want you to read number 10. You will skip them because of time. And then when we are done, we'll jump to, number, to verse 9. So number 10. Two men went to a temple to pray. One a Pharisee and one a task collector. That's me and you. The Spiritual people in the church will go to a crusade and they say, Oh, this one there is a class prayer. I mean, have you had that thing before? Your, your school is a secular school, your company is a secular company. But then the MD comes one day and says, Let's all pray Wednesday. But uh, you, you just came back from all night Friday, Monday morning. They said, Let us all pray. Then you will realize that ah, you see, I can't pray, but let me shift my voice to that, you know, that that frequency so that they'll know that ah, uh, you are not spiritual enough. So that's what happened. Oh, are, are you with me? You, are, you have not done that before. Forgive me. Today I'm, I'm preaching about myself. Forgive me. Uh, I'm just preaching about myself. So this part don't write notes. All right. So there was a Pharisee, a spiritual man, who was in a prayer meeting with someone who was not spiritual, and Jesus gave us insight into the content of their prayer, and most importantly, the posture of their prayer. Look at the verse number fourteen. Jesus says, at the end of that prayer, the unbeliever was justified before God. The unbeliever was justified before God. Because he says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Many of us, unknown to us, we have a boiling pot of pride. It is called our prayer closets. Because when we pray, we are praying for power. Things like that. And we forget that, ah, when God anoints you, fast. God anoints you. Okay, then give. If you check very, very spiritual people, very spiritual people, anytime anytime they receive an anointing, they let go of something. Am I talking to you? Am I talking to you? Let me give this example. It's about... There was one day couple of years ago, we were supposed to see Prophet Barry. And we're in his office. When we're going for that particular meeting, it was from far Camp. So we, had, we thought we were going to apologize. So on the way, I said, hey, Barry, the way he knew it was, you know. So right after that, I'm sure he might say that as an act of repentance, we must fast. So on the way to his church, I decided to buy fanjogo and meat pie. No, I think I had my wife's meat pie. So I got to the church, everybody was going and I sat in the garden and I said, no, I will eat this before I fast. <laughs> I, because otherwise, the fanjogo will spoil." I don't know how long you tell us to fast in terms of repentance. So we went inside, we're sitting, the man of God didn't come early. Apostle said, okay, yes, so when he comes, you know, kneel down, let's say sorry, all of those things. When the man of God came, I had a different state, at the time I was still removing meat pie from my. Own. Then he mentioned my name. Then he said I should kneel down. Then he poured oil on me. As soon as he poured oil on me, then the scripture in First Samuel chapter six entered my heart. And I said, Lord, Lord, what has He done? I don't know why that scripture came. When I went home that day, right from that meeting, all of a sudden, that was maybe. My first proper three-day dry fast. I went to, I told my wife that I say, okay, so from this day, forget what the food that you've cooked. I'm fasting for three days. Then I said that that money that we have been saving, no, empty it. I didn't tell her. I didn't give her any reason. That three-day dry fast. My wife didn't talk to me, but we forgiven her already. That's why I'm saying it. But that's what came to my mind as soon as the oil touched me. That verse came. He has heightened flesh. So from, I didn't want to fast before. When that oil touched me, I just knew that I, I fasted three days straight. And then everything, that money we have been saving it for two years. I said, empty it. I didn't even tell my wife what it was for. I just said, empty it. And she didn't talk to me for three days. After the third day when I finished, I said, if you don't talk to me, I'll talk to you. Please see. Go and look for God for me and let me eat again. <laughs> Go and look for God for me and let me eat again as soon as the oil touched me, that's the verse that came. He has heightened flesh. He has heightened flesh. He has heightened flesh. Then I said, Father, what do I do? And the only thing that came to my mind so we are not eating three days. Then all the money we had saved, it was more than 20000 had. I said, take it away. When she looked at the money, she didn't talk to me. The entire period of the first. And I remember that any time in time, usually a man of God falls. At that point in time, he has received anointing and he trusts in himself. So the verse 9, look at what the verse 9 says. Look chapter 18 verse 9. Look at what verse 9 says. So he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous. that they were righteous. When you receive knowledge, you have received pride. When you receive an anointing, that anointing is so powerful that the flesh has been heightened. When God blesses you like this with grace, as soon as that oil touches your head, in your heart and your mind, that something must go. Something must go. If that thing doesn't go, you realize that you are looking into the cat. As soon as God touches you, see, as soon as, I don't care as soon as they pour oil on you, you whatever you have in your pocket something must go something must what? go because if it doesn't go it will become a tool against you become a tool against you let's end they will be out of here so am I saying that don't be spiritual? no am I saying that don't be knowledgeable? no Emphatic no. But this is what I'm saying. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. We started from Galatians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll come there. But Galatians chapter 5. So, what I'm saying is that Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit always starts with what? Love. In fact, when you check this verse, properly based on other scriptures like second peter you realize that you can take every other thing after love and embed it into love the foot of the spirit can be summarized as a big gigantic swollen fruit of love that's all every other thing after it is inside love if you don't have the first one you can't have joy if you don't have the first one you can't have peace if you don't have the first one you can't have long suffering i don't know if i guess what i'm saying so, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, as the man of God read, you can give yourself, die on the cross, and it is still useless. Because if you don't have the fruit of love, every other fruit is useless. Are you with me so far? I've confused you. I'm misinterpreting the Bible, you see. Oh, you're If you don't have love, you can't have kindness. If you don't have love, you can't have goodness. If you don't have love, you can't have faithfulness. So you can summarize and say but the foot and that is why you know many people say that the Bible never says fruits; it says foot by revelation I can say that the foot is talking about is love when you open up love then you get the other eight like I'm saying so no matter what you do if there is no love as an output it's, it's a waste of time it's, it's a waste of time you pursue knowledge and your knowledge doesn't end in love. It's a waste of time. I'm telling you that knowledge will puff you up. You pursue spiritual encounters. You begin to fast that you, your eye will open into the angel dimension. You okay, forget the angel. cherubim dimension. Forget that spirit of God dimension. Forget that Holy Spirit dimension. And your eye, if it doesn't end in love, it's a wasted pursuit. Wasted pursuit. So what I'm saying is that when apostle says the theme for the month is "mortify the deeds of the flesh and produce the fruit of the spirit I'm saying that this message is for the very very spiritual ones here and not for the one you have in mind because I know that when they say "mortify the deeds of the flesh you think about the clubber in your house you think about the clubber in your office you think about you know chilling mama that's it opposite your decks that's what you're thinking about when they say mortify the deeds of the flesh, oh, they're looking at the person that, you know, in the account of his are like cheating. You are looking at your boss. Your boss that is almost unethical. Multiply the deeds of the flesh. When they say pray, they say, Father, remember my boss. That is when you start interceding because you are very, very spiritual. Forgetting that the most spiritual people are the ones riddled with deeds of the flesh. Deeds of the flesh. Let's go and pray 30 hours. I want to tell you that after every hour, you have 30 more times heightened fleshly desires. Heightened. Ignorance, lack of discernment, will make us say, oh, you know, feel the spirit. Meanwhile, we should be seeing that mm! the flesh. Are you getting me? So he says that, but the fruits. The spirit is love. Any spiritual encounter, knowledge encounter, whatever the dimension, if it doesn't produce love, waste of time. It will profit you nothing. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Now let's jump to Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Am I saying that don't be spiritual? No. Am I saying don't be knowledgeable? No. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brethren, if anyone is overtaken in a trespass, you, if the Bible is yours, underline this, you who are what? You who are what? So I'm not talking about the people that are not born again. I'm talking about you. That is spiritual. You, that is spiritual. Number one, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Did you see that in the fruits? you see that in the fruits? Gentleness. Restore such a one in the spirit of what? Gentleness. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Meekness. Humility. That's number two. So, how to, how to produce the fruits of the flesh? Let's break it down. Go back to verse 1. How to produce the fruit. I know that you know what they are. But I'm saying that. How to produce the fruit of the flesh when you are spiritual. Number 1. Oh, verse 1. Verse 1. When I am spiritual, I must walk with gentleness. Number 2. When I feel spiritual, I must walk with humility. Verse 2. Number three, when I am spiritual, I must share the burden of my brother and my sister. I must share the burden. Number four, verse three. If anyone thinks of himself, something that he is not, he deceives himself. When I am spiritual, my prayer should be against deception. Because when you are not spiritual, and you know, falling you went to that party, you know. You look left and right, and you realize that, oh, this one's men of their diabetes, what? But then just ask you, you were fine, oh, you were fine. You were fine. By the time you realize, then your shepherd came. And you're feeling sad. Your crying is because you were caught, not because you drank. So he says, verse four, don't think, no, 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 verse, verse three. So point number four, when I'm spiritual, I must be careful of what? Deception. Deception. Thinking of myself more highly than I ought to. So Paul says, a messenger of Satan was sent to perfect me. See, before Paul got to that in 2 Corinthians chapter whatever, or 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's when God sent the messenger of Satan. Before that, I tell you that at this point, God realized that Paul could not do it on himself because Paul had been doing it to deal with pride. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the last two verses, is a proof that Paul was already dealing with pride. When he was spiritual, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the last two verses. He says, therefore, I ran thus not with uncertainty, I run, that's I fight, not as one who beats the air, verse 27, but I discipline. Give me the King James Version. But I keep my body, but I keep under my body and bring it to subjection, lest that by any means, give me the 26 again, 26. I want the part where it says I beat myself. Okay, so it's the NIV or the NLT that gives that, that phrase. But I beat myself. I beat myself. The verse number 27. I, I give a blow to my body. When knowledge comes to you, blow your body. You have an encounter with an angel, blow your body. I discipline my body. The NIV says, I blow my body. I beat my body have an encounter. I opened the scripture. Oh, nobody has ever seen this revelation in the book of Nahum. Are you, God opened your eye and you encountered prophet Nahum and he walked with you in the silent days when there was no prophet. And God told you this and this and this. And even Elijah this is where, you know, this is the spot. You enter there in visions and visions and dreams. God anoints you. When you come out, keep quiet. Keep quiet and begin to blow yourself. Keep quiet and say, I am nothing. Keep quiet and begin to discipline yourself. Let something go from you. Let something go from you. Says, I discipline myself because after that spiritual encounter, the last night, lest I myself will be disqualified. We are wrong, Christians, when we are right. God has disqualified us long ago, especially when we are right. Rise up on your feet. Mortifying the deeds of the flesh. is <laughs> not for it's not for the if I see the people outside there, people in the overflow think I'm talking about them. I'm not talking about them. It's not for people outside the church. Mortifying the deeds of the flesh. See, forget, for, for, forget that unbeliever. Forget that unbeliever. Mortifying the deeds of the flesh is, is for you. It's for you. Hey, you, you. You can sing, and then by the time you realize there's actually a cloud in their service, it's for you. It's for you. Mortifying the deeds of the flesh is for me. After, after preaching like this, oh, I must let something go. It's, it's for me because I know that right now, oh, you're speaking, oh, you're speaking properly. No, 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 no. Flesh has been heightened. You have no idea. You have no idea. Right now, I'm thinking about right, St. God, also. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. That means that right after. Right after. I remember one time, Apostle was saying, back when we were having KCF, he said that every time he goes, after after preaching, then you go and ask God, Father, did I do what you want me to do? And I was wondering, ah, Apostle, that's such a powerful message. Like, you want to ask God if you, if you did well, like you did well, saying. Pastor, can't you see the people that were delivered? Can't you see the people that were blessed? Can't you see? But then he says, lest I myself be disqualified. I myself be disqualified. We are wrong, especially when we are right. You hold a service. You are able to, you know, you, you set a target that, okay, I'm changing my, I'm changing a new chapter. Two hours before I go to work. Two hours before I go to work. Then you do first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day. Then someone asks you, ah, it seems uh, uh, like your voice is going up? Ah, then you are right. They are not coming to explain. Oh, you know. Then ask, ah, how, how, do you have a prayer life? That's where you start with you're asking another brother and sister, do you have a prayer life? Because you have just been able to keep record street four times. So, right now, the spirit of supplication comes from you. Doesn't it's not rest, it comes from you. You are the spirit. You're able to fast. This last fasting, we're going to do another one in June. This fasting, you the whole church, you know, apostle says, break at three. You You took it upon yourself, and we're breaking at six. And then apostle says that come for service at 6 and then you come at 7 and then he said, Apostle didn't know that I was now I'm breaking my fast after fasting breaking at 6. So you are justified for coming late. Shall I continue? Shall I continue? You are, you are justified. Say mercy Lord. Father forgive me for being wrong especially when I'm right. Multiplying the deeds of the pleasure is not, it's not for anyone no. It's for me. I, I, if you, this one, if you don't write notes, I, I don't care about it. It's for me, it's for me, it's for me, it's for me. The day that you challenge yourself, okay, you start praying. You no, know, also says that day with this, so 12 to 3, you're praying, just pray that for two weeks. The following Sunday, come to church, you realize you look at you what know, the pastor's you, these pastors, God, do they pray like that? You wish you can collect the mic and, and preach. i, I, I oh, it's not you. Okay, sorry. You when you start trying to up to three, when you start trying, but then no, anytime there's an overdose, so we pray and say that, Father, you see, and secretly, when we pray and say that, Father, let, let, let my flesh die, just anoint me more of you, less of me. Secretly, when we are praying that, we know that because of what can happen. We secretly pray that like, our body will stop working. So that we'll start floating. like, Genuinely. Because we know that ah, when we come out of that atmosphere, ah, we are going back to things that we don't want to go back to. How many people have been to a service and it was so powerful that you didn't want it to close? And not because you don't, you, you wanted to enjoy the presence of... But I don't want to meet what happens outside the service. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, Father, more of you, less of me. Yet... Anytime God answers that, the power of His anointing has increased flesh. Your job is to kill the flesh. So today I've seen a father, whatever milk cow that this glory is coming from, that this anointing is coming from, I sacrifice it. I sacrifice it. I am mortifying every deed of the flesh, the deed of the mind especially when I am spiritual. Oh, when you are not spiritual there, that way you know what to pray. But especially when I am in the right, Father, that milk cat, that milk cow, I sacrifice it on the table of mercy, on the altar of mercy. Father, locate me in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Thank you for
0: listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministry.